0: Hey Afterbuzzers, welcome to an all new Twin Peaks after show here at Afterbuzz TV. Tonight we're going to be breaking down season 3, part 7. We have an insane amount to talk about. So, stay tuned.
1: You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion. Afterbuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin
0: hello after buzzers thank you again for tuning into our twin peaks after show here at after buzz tv i'm your host sam davidson you can find me on twitter and instagram at sam d43 i'm joined by these two fools tonight introduce yourselves Let us know we can find you on social media
1: i am lex michael i am all over social media at the lex michael
2: and i'm lisa mason lee you can find me everywhere at lisa mason lee and, guys, Michael couldn't join us this week. He will be back
0: next week. We miss him dearly already, as well as his log. So, uh.
1: The good Michael <laughs> is in the lodge and he can't leave. So sad. Write it in your diary. It's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then we'll find it in the bathroom stall, which, ba dum bum, we were right. FYI, guys. It was Laura Palmer's diary. Just saying. Just have to throw Bobbing. that out there.
1: I, uh, I, I've been talking for the last, I watched this episode, uh, about, at about 6.20. It's up on. Amazon Prime, I subscribe to Showtime through Amazon Prime, it's up, coinciding with the East Coast airing. So since it finished, and it's only been, we're live now, it's 8 p.m. on the West Coast, hasn't been that long, but for the past 40 some odd minutes, everybody that I'm interacting with who knows I'm here to do the Twin Peaks show, they're like, how is it? I'm going... It's sometimes dangerous as a storyteller to give the fans too much of what they want. It maybe is a controversial stance to take, but I think we, myself included as fans, don't always know what's good for us. It can be dangerous to indulge fan expectations too fully. I think this show, maybe more than any other program I've ever seen, is striking a beyond perfect balance between them telling an original story that is... Playing with new pieces and expanding outwards exponentially, but at the same time, giving me exactly what I've been wanting for a decade and change. And I swear, you guys, maybe, maybe, maybe rolled some joy tears tonight.
0: Lex is a crier. I don't know what if you guys knew this. Left? You know, I'm not
1: even know. Like, I, I straight up, like, there's a certain point. Honestly, there's a certain point a couple of years ago where I finally just said, if something's affecting you emotionally, and you know, you're not. In public, give yourself permission to just let it let it go. You watch The Flash with me; you're going to see me cry a whole bunch, you guys.
0: Yeah, this is why Lex won't watch with us. Probably is a big part of it. <laughs>
1: it's just it's just the tears. It's like I'm not ashamed, but I don't want to make everybody uncomfortable with my with my emotions. Emotion.
0: Well, okay, so we... S- <laughs> it sounds a little like Well, Jerry I feel Horn. like this first scene, Lex probably shed a tear from the start, because, you know, the Tears we see, of
1: laughter, yes. Yeah,
0: Ben Horn and Jerry, and you just probably were thinking, oh, God, this is so awesome. I'm just going to cry, because I'm so happy. Such a funny way to start off the episode.
1: Yeah, we just, right away, we cut from the, the credits to a static shot of Jerry Horn in the woods. And you're asking yourself, or certainly I was asking myself, what's going on here? Hey, Jerry, what's... What's happening?
2: Yeah, first of all, I thought he was disoriented, and he's older, and I'm like, oh no, he's lost. Then we find out he's just super high. Well, you know what? As you get older,
0: uh, the only thing I can recommend is just to smoke more weed. (laughs) (laughs) I think it might help. Uh, He's very confused. He's high and does not know who he is. It was so comical because it was so kind of a straightforward statement on both ends. I loved it.
1: And of course, he calls Ben. Because who, who else but Ben could help Jerry Horn out of this predicament? And I love that, obviously, these two men have grown older in the 20-some-odd years since we saw them on the original series. But it feels very much like, though Jerry gets stoned more frequently than he used to, presumably, their relationship doesn't seem to have changed all that much.
0: No. It's still very familiar, and it was... That, for me, was a moment of fan service, kind of.
1: A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a
0: little bit of fan service there. Next, we have uh, Truman and Hawk, and like we said, when we started off, we find out that indeed, those were Laura Palmer's pages from her diary, and they're talking about it, and it's like very fascinating. I'm First of all, I'm glad that they told us we were right, right away.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't bear the lead on that. Too, too terribly much. And I'm also, I love that we got so much extrapolation out of that. We got a lot of conversation about what was happening during the original series. And even for the very first time, some discussion of events that took place after the original series. If you watch The Missing Pieces, it does take you to a few moments after. Uh, Cooper hits his head on the mirror, but no more than maybe two minutes after that. And everything between that point and the start of this new show was a complete mystery. So I like that we got some discussion of what happened in the days following.
0: Yeah, I do too, and I finally watched most of Missing Pieces, and it's crazy how much it is relating to this, and we were talking about this before we went live, it's insane that a show is so much based off of deleted scenes of a film that was... From
1: 1992. Yeah. Yeah a
0: long time ago. And it's deleted scenes. You need to go find this. You need to have the DVD set or you need to go on YouTube to watch it. And you have to be that devoted of a fan to kind of understand what's happening.
1: And a lot of what's in The Missing Pieces is just really fun character moments with some of the cast from the show that didn't make the final cut of the movie. But there are a couple of moments in it, like we've referenced the Philip Jeffries business and how you don't know that Buenos Aires necessarily has anything to do with Philip Jeffries if you haven't watched The Missing Pieces.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I, oh God, we're gonna get into that in a little bit because I have a funny thing to say. Okay. <laughs> Lex, I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay. What do you think's going on with uh, Andy and this guy with the truck? Explain it to me a little bit.
1: This I got. I got nothing for you yet.
2: I, I feel better now. No, yeah, there was a, no there
1: idea. was a. I feel like this episode was split pretty evenly between resolving certain questions that they've been setting up for the first six hours or so, and then introducing new pieces that I'm sure are tied into Mm -hmm. a lot of what's going on, but that at this point, very unclear.
0: Okay. Again, we'll probably come back to it. We'll for sure understand a little bit more of it, hopefully, in episodes to come, but I'm kind of glad that you both
2: are as lost as I am. Well, I wanted to tell everybody real quick, don't go anywhere right now. But write this down. Sam Muir, YouTuber, he uploaded all the missing pieces videos. <gasps> if you haven't seen those, so check that out later when you get a chance. But stay right here yeah. right
0: now. <laughs> when
2: when we're done, guys, because we want you to look at us yeah. just
0: for the next hour. Like for
1: example, though, like the first one up here is the Philip Jeffrey scene uh, when he shows up mysteriously at FBI headquarters in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and that scene as it plays in the theatrical cut of the movie. You get, you see that Jeffries is ranting, but then everything gets visually and Uh, aurally obfuscated with this electric distortion. Whereas in the original version, which is included in the missing pieces, that scene plays pretty straight. You get Philip Jeffries telling this entire story of finding himself. You hear the line, I've Mm -hmm. been to one of their meetings, but he goes into a little bit more detail and you don't get that interference and you get the entire conversation. Mm -hmm. And even though his sudden disappearance from the office is not explained in any more detail it it the whole scene plays in a less disorienting fashion.
0: It breaks my heart that we're not going to be able to actually see Philip Jeffries because you know David Bowie is past, passed, and it just would be the cherry on top of oh, the Sunday. Man. You're it would be me. really perfect. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys, it's insane. I have a legit just diary myself of four pages of so many notes. I am going to try to get through as many people as possible.
1: Yeah. So, so as we exit out of that scene and uh, uh, can't move too much further without acknowledging We finally get a name drop of Annie Blackburn.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. And I was
1: not sure, especially because in Secret History of Twin Peaks, again, uh, some of this information in the book, slight spoilers for Secret History of Twin Peaks, may or may not have been doctored. And it issues all mention of Annie Blackburn to such an extent that it basically rewrites Norma's family history. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't know for sure because of that whether we were going to get any direct reference to Annie in the show, so I'm glad that yes, we have a name drop, and we we didn't forget that she's part of this mythology. I think
0: she's a huge part of the mythology, yes. and I have this secret fantasy that Heather Graham has been lying the whole time, yeah, and, and other characters yeah too. I feel that about I feel that
1: everybody, yeah,
0: I feel like Lisa might know something I a little bit shit. deep down. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a good actress. So we have Truman, and he's calling Harry, who sounds like he has cancer.
1: And it sounds like it might have gotten worse. Yes. It sounds like because he planned to call Harry. He knew Harry had been sick, but he was going to call and fill him in. But whatever Harry told him on the phone, is like, where do they got you now? And you watch Robert Forrester's face drop. And and again, uh, Robert Forrester, hats hats off. In the way that Frank Truman never takes his hat off, hats off to Robert Forrester, because the dude is such a subtle but profoundly brilliant performer. You watch as Frank's face doesn't change a whole lot, but you watch his heart break in that conversation. And it hurts because, of course, if you're a fan of the show, you love Harry too. You know what I mean? Like, you you almost, and it, like I don't know about you guys, but I know myself and a lot of other people I know who have uh, uh, fandoms that they're very intensely devoted to, you develop a relationship with characters over a certain number of years. In a weird way, they almost become like, friends or family
0: obviously yeah. Oh, yeah
1: so it's like your heart breaks for Harry the same way Frank's is almost so and I think the performance for, by Robert Forrester in that scene is so so brilliant and subtle but powerful at the same time
0: it was and he's asking about Dale Cooper and everything that happened the last time that he saw him and people are finally starting to put together the pieces which it's about time It's a bit of a weird situation. He's been gone, and now he's in Dougie. He is Dougie, and it's just, it's very confusing, but I liked that we see that Truman is on to whatever's happening, and he, you know, we can trust him. He's going to figure this out.
1: And, like, he is, it doesn't seem like he's as steeped in some of the weirder aspects of the town that somebody like even Hawk would be, but he also, he's a smart, sharp, Guy. He knows something is very, very odd here.
0: He's one of those quiet dudes that you think maybe not a lot's going on upstairs, but actually they're probably smarter than all of us. Hoping that maybe he can put this together, and I think we're going to see his character grow and secretly put the puzzle pieces together within you know the rest of the series.
1: But he also knows, too—and again, this is uh, ties into the series finale of the original run, but also a little bit, The Missing Pieces— who else was there that day when Cooper came out of the lodge? It was mm-hmm. Harry, but it was also Doc Hayward.
0: Yes. Very interesting. And I think, I don't think we're going to get flashbacks. It's not that kind of show. We haven't really gotten any flashbacks, but.
1: Except the occasional like cuts to the doppelganger and Bob.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> to me, that's just a terrifying nightmare. Like, ah, just throwing it in to get us to scream a little bit. We then have uh, Detective Mackley and Lieutenant Knox- Her name is Cindy and this was a really confusing and interesting scene for me and I'm just thinking Lex has to explain exactly what's happening here because you know she goes to see the corpse that it does not have a head.
1: So all right so this was exactly what I was hoping wouldn't be the case not because (laughs) I think it's a bad storytelling choice but because it breaks Madang hard heart a little bit but Okay, if that's going to be the body of Major Briggs, if whatever happened to Garland Briggs, his story ends with his head being severed from his body, this this terrible indignity as a way to go out, at least we're using it to set up another really massive question, another potential mystery to be teased out. In that, okay, these are this is presumably Major Briggs' body, mm-hmm. but... This is a man in his late 40s, and he died only several days ago. If this is Major Briggs, and he only died several days ago, as they say in the show, he should be in his 70s. What's that about?
2: Very confused.
1: It's cool. It is very cool, but now I'm starting to go like, all right, well, what pieces of the mythology that we've been introduced to thus far would explain that directly? And I'm having a hard time... Coming up with one. I mean, you could say, well, maybe the doppelganger Cooper took him to some part of uh, a lodge where time passes differently, but it would have to be a place that we have not seen as audience members or certainly haven't spent too much time in because as we've seen Cooper being a prime example, Mm -hmm. time does pass when you're in there. You do age.
2: Well, that is true
0: because the actors have to. They just can't help it. Right. But I do think right. that time is the key word mm-hmm. and there is something going on. Literally a space and time continuum.
1: It also now going back to episode three. Yeah. The ghost head. It's like, oh, oh, man. <laughs> like yeah. It's because it's because his head's not attached to his body anymore. <laughs> That's sad.
0: It is sad. It is very sad. Gordon and Albert and Diane.
1: This is my favorite thing. I love her. I love, I love, before we even get to Diane, I love that Gordon has a framed picture of an ear of corn in his office. (laughs) Cause like, cause like Gordon knows what's up. He doesn't necessarily understand the full extent of the situation he's currently in. But the dude has been blue-rosed up to his eyeballs for decades. He knows what's up. But I would be surprised if he doesn't know to some extent there is a corn connection even if it's only subconsciously. So I like that 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 ear of corn picture was in his office.
0: I'm really glad you brought that up, because it was something I rewound. It took me an hour and a half to watch this episode, because I kept on rewinding it and replaying it, and that was one of the things that I rewound and replayed. He's one of those guys that he probably thinks he's stupid a little bit. He doesn't understand what's going on, but he actually does understand more than we think, more than he even thinks. And again, the, the Diane. I just... I loved it. I love her character. I'm so thrilled that they have brought her in like this.
1: It took one scene for Laura Dern's Diane Evans to become (laughs) one of my top, uh, let's say, five characters in the entire Twin Peaks mythology.
2: And at first she comes across so tough and scary, but then we see her kind of change after an incident. We do. So they say that
0: Dale, or who they think is Dale, is, you know, in South Dakota. They take a private jet. Very fancy of the FBI.
1: Yeah, also something that was really cool that struck me, the very first scene where Albert and Gordon come to Diane's apartment. Actually, before we even get there, I have to shout out this really touching moment. Uh, I love the Gordon-Albert relationship on this show so far. This moment of... Albert says, you know, I went, I did my best. Now it's your turn, dude. You want to get Diane in? You're going to have to go do it yourself. And Gordon asks if Albert will come <laughs> with him. And Albert says, say please. And Gordon goes, what? And Albert doesn't raise his voice at all. He goes, you heard me. Yep. I loved, loved. Like, these are two guys that that truly care for each other. And they truly know each other on, on a very personal, deep level. In addition to being uh, highly respected colleagues. I loved that moment but we get to this scene of Diane with the two of them and i was struck by how okay so Laura Dern is obviously a big power player in David Lynch's ensemble going mm-hmm. all the way back to blue velvet when i think i think she was only 19 when she made that movie wow. so you got blue velvet you got wild at heart you've got uh, inland empire this to my knowledge is the first time that we've gotten to see them play a scene opposite each other which I thought was really interesting. That tickled my brain a lot.
0: Yeah, it was kind of a treat, especially thinking about all the history that those two have, having worked together for so long. And I love seeing David Lynch. How how fun is that for him? To be able to put himself in, especially such a wacky role... And he just knows all, and it's hard for me not to see him as David Lynch. Right. But it's still so much fun to watch. And she is so much fun to watch. For me, she's a great actress. I love Laura Dern very much. And this is one of my favorite roles I think I've ever seen her play. It's a lot of fun. I'm loving the wig. I'm loving the little bottles of vodka.
2: <laughs>
0: and she's and a... Her boy
2: toy. Oh,
0: yeah, the boy <laughs> toy at the beginning. She's so nonchalantly cool. But she's also terrified. She sees Dirty Dale. They take her to the prison that he's in, and she knows that this right, is not right him. away. I think, and she's it. It breaks her heart. Literally breaks her heart.
1: It breaks her heart, and clearly scares her. Whatever she sees that exists where Dale Cooper should be seems to genuinely frighten her.
0: Well, what do we think exactly happened? I see some people are trying yeah. to rape. What?
1: Yeah, my mind... That's the feeling I have. My mind went pretty quickly to some pretty dark places. And they, they didn't make it explicit. But, of course, the pieces are there for you to put put certain things together in your head. The last time they saw each other was at Diane's house. Clearly, things went south in a pretty big way. And, and that's really... That's all we get.
2: And I kind of wonder what else happened, though. Like, don't you think you probably went there to get something or take something... Yeah, well,
0: speaking of that, I kind of skipped over something that was important is on the jet with Tammy, and she's showing them the fr- the fingerprints, and right away, Gordon and Albert can tell that the fingerprints have been rearranged a little bit.
1: Something's up, and something's up specifically with one print that looks like maybe it got flipped, and maybe it got flipped accidentally by somebody taking the prints. Ha huh no. But, <laughs> but then Gordon, Gordon's sharp cookie, he... Takes Tammy's hands and he counts on all 10 of her fingers the 10 words that this dark cooper said to them in the jail cell. And if you remember, in I believe the, the, what was, which episode number was it? Maybe four? One of the it was one of the first few. When he
2: actually said when that. His, oh yeah, 10th,
1: uh, it's you're very good to see you again, old friend. And so he counts the words off on Tammy's fingers, and the reverse word coincides with the finger that's tied to the spirit.
0: Yes, and I need to give a shout out. I feel like I might have picked up on something that you guys didn't. You probably did. Now that I'm going to say it, uh, Diane's fingernails are Uh all different colors. Red, black, and... Each one of her fingernails are different colors. There's ten fingers. And the way that Gordon did the whole thing on Tammy's fingers... then I it just was red flags I was picturing Diane's fingernails and they're all different colors it could definitely be something you know that David Lynch has thrown out there for people like me to pick up on and cling to
2: when it means nothing and I'm picking up on your colors of your shawl sweater thingy very similar yes that's right I did this on purpose you guys (laughs)
0: subconsciously yeah I subconsciously did it all right, so after that...
2: Oh,
1: before, when, because uh, somebody brought it up in the mm-hmm. chat, I, before we move on from the scene with the body in it, mm-hmm. we do get a return appearance of that weird uh, homeless-looking ghost character from the jail cell next to Matthew Lillard in the first couple of episodes Mm -hmm. just wandering the halls so again like whatever is going on with this body it's Twin Peaks surprise surprise darkness is following it
2: I believe those guys are called the woodsman I'm not sure but I think so okay let's
0: listen to her because I think she might know what she's talking about So, next, we, uh, Dirty Dale is in prison, and he has kind of an agreement with, what are we calling him? The The warden. The warden. Warden. Yes. and Warden Murphy? Yes, Yes. Warden Murphy. And he tells the prison guard that he has a message for Warden Murphy and needs to speak with him in his office, and he says he (laughs) needs to speak about a strawberry.
1: Strawberry, which, of course, is a reference to we don't know what, but to Mr. Strawberry, this mysterious Mr. Strawberry Mm -hmm. that he referenced in the last episode. And it
2: shook the warden up quite a bit, and now we're finding out. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think you said something, Lisa, interesting before we
0: started the show about what you think, I don't know, the Strawberry character could be. Yes. You know, if we say what we think right now, people are probably going to be pissed and say, you don't know what you're talking about, but could it be a lover?
2: We were thinking that. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: pissed. You don't yeah, know what you're yeah. talking about.
2: <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, because the warden has this prestigious job, and he's possibly a, like a married man and that sort of thing. And uh,
1: Whatever it is has him so shook up that even after the FBI came to an, uh, interview this guy on more than one occasion, even though the FBI deputy director is telling this guy, Let me know everything that happens with this particular prisoner. He still releases him. Knowing full well there is literally no way this doesn't come back on him somehow. So whatever legal or professional reprisals he stands to face now apparently pale in comparison to the release of the information that Dark Cooper threatens him with.
0: Yeah, it's... I have no idea,
2: though. Yeah, I'm, I'm clueless. You guys, what about the dog legs? Yeah, he's Does that make sense to you? The,
1: mm. the dog <laughs> leg that he found in his car is what he says. Like, the dog leg that you found in my car, well, that dog had three other legs. Yeah. Those legs went off with that information. That
0: what, you're thinking about right now. Right. Which? Uh, is, but, of course, who, no, who knows? What? Yeah. I. <laughs>
1: they know. Murphy and Dark Cooper know. But I don't.
0: I'm glad. I... I just think we all need to bond together, fans, us here,
2: that we need to embrace. We don't understand what's going on a lot of the time. Um, our friend in the chat, Anne-Marie, said, did he kill a young girl? Why? Why? I don't know. I think she missed the part where we said, Mister, it's Mr. Strawberry. It's oh, Mr. Strawberry to Mr. you. Mr. Strawberry to you.
0: I I don't know. There's something, I do feel, we'll get into this in a little bit, but there's something tied to a young girl but a very young girl and again the young beautiful girls are kind of a theme of this show
1: and a lot of Lynch's work in general
0: yes <laughs> in a creepy really cool way
1: <laughs> that's accurate yes that's that's a pretty pretty apt description
0: so, E. is very quickly becoming actually one of my favorite characters. Didn't mm-hmm. like her at first.
1: She gets things done. She's I awesome. like her.
0: I really do. Is she even human, though? Like, she just right. knows what she's, she's so doing so fast. Confident. She is. I, I have no idea. We see her standing in front of the statue that, was it last episode or the episode before, where, I think it was the it was, last it two was episodes. Both. Yeah, it
1: was the end of the one before and then the beginning of the last one.
0: Yeah, and Tyler, our guest, a couple weeks ago, what did he say about the statue? I forget.
1: He suggested There's a possibility that the likeness may be that of David Lynch's dad.
0: Okay. But my question is, how does that tie into the plot right now and why is it so important? Because it seems really important. She was just standing there staring at it, waiting for Dougie.
1: So another theory Mm -hmm. about the statue is that it is a reference to the Jimmy Stewart movie. I believe it's called The FBI Agent. Somebody in the chat, uh, check me on that. But that was cited as a favorite movie of Dale Cooper in his childhood in the Autobiography of Special Agent Dale Cooper book written by Scott Frost that was published during the second season.
2: Another book.
0: I saw it. Lex is a Twin Peaks
2: savant. It is so... (laughs) Awesome!
1: <laughs> I like you guys. I like this. I'm show trying
2: a lot. to get through the secret of Twin Peaks. Was it a secret, secret history of secret Twin secret Peaks? Secret history of Twin Peaks, but it's lengthy and there's a lot of words.
1: It's uh, <laughs> it's dense. But I feel like if you get if you get a couple of days, like yes, it's tough. Yeah. It's a, it's also a tough book to get into if you keep having to pick it up and put it down. Yeah. If you have a, a long weekend and you can mm-hmm. sit with it for a while, it actually does mm-hmm. read pretty quick because even though yes, it's it's big. A lot of it is, you know, reprints of documents. A lot of the pages, the text is only about half or a third of the page. It reads a lot faster than it looks like but yes there's a lot of information in there mm-hmm.
0: yeah lex is you know thinking if you stay up for 72 hours straight yeah. <laughs> yeah. and drink a lot of that damn, damn fine good coffee, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and then you will get through it you guys
1: suddenly you will understand twin peaks in its entirety you won't be able to answer all the questions but you'll get it
0: <laughs> and you might understand lex a little bit better you know
1: it would if you spend 72 <laughs> hours don't eat don't drink just coffee and the secret history of twin peaks suddenly we will be on the same level
0: God, it sounds really intense. I hope you put some vodka in that coffee, <laughs> definitely. So we see the Dougie Dale. I I keep on writing Dougie and I keep on writing Dale, but it's Dougie Dale because he's Dale, but he's in Dougie. Everyone thinks he's Dougie. Right? Tony, is that the name of the guy that he threw under the bus? That is in the scene with him, and he's kind of asking him questions, like, what were you talking to the boss about? And he's the one that oh, said Oh, Tom, Tom Sizemore's character. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we see him. We see Rhonda. Uh, I think she's his secretary, right?
1: The woman— Yes, also, and I didn't place her the first time I saw her. This actress, whose name in this moment escapes me, is the actress who played Lorelei on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I have seen her before.
0: She was also in Revenge. Oh. And uh, I I actually really like her. I think she's awesome.
1: Oh, and, and by the way, uh, Mark Flanagan in the chat, it's FBI story. And I, I thought it was FBI story, but then I didn't know if I was getting confused with the Philadelphia story. So I, I hopped over that fence mm. erroneously.
0: Ooh, Thanks, Mark. Gotta oh. love the chat. You guys know so much. Almost as much as Lex, but probably not. <laughs> so the police are there
1: i didn't i didn't for the record for the record i didn't i didn't say that you guys
0: i'm making Lex so uncomfortable by singing his praises i'm gonna keep on doing it because it's compliments
1: funny. are weird y'all <laughs> sue i'm also
0: saying that you're a big weirdo that stayed up for 72 hours insinuating that you just drink oh, I, I wear that
1: i wear that proudly <laughs> that's not weird that's totally normal right
0: well, the detectives are there, and uh, we see some familiar faces. Dave Koechner.
1: Yes. We finally get mm-hmm. to see. And, and not playing a comedic character, which is what David Kechner is primarily known for. He's playing a detective, and he seems so far to be playing it very straight.
0: Yeah, he is. I just keep on thinking Anchorman. When is, you know, when, when's he going to break out and crack a joke? But they're asking about the car. We keep on seeing references the past couple episodes. Well, the car was blown up two episodes ago. Dougie's car. Yes. And they're fine. They're just they're tracking this. Yes, it's an important storyline. And we like last week we literally got pieces of the car. Yes, and this week we're still talking about it. So it's super important. And uh, Janie E rushes in to be by Dale slash Dougie's side. And what would he do without her? Honestly,
1: bump into walls a whole bunch, probably.
0: Yeah, and she. It still boggles my mind that she's so uh, chill slash thinks this is a normal behavior from her husband. Right. And I like how she brought up, I took care of those guys last week. Yeah, you took care of those guys. <laughs> I love, I just, I think she's really awesome in this. Naomi Watts, freaking awesome.
1: Naomi, Naomi Watts is awesome in, in everything.
0: She mm-hmm. is, but this character to me, it's one of those, I like it when you don't like a character at the beginning. And then you actually really, really like them. Yeah by the end, or a few episodes in in uh, in this case. So they are able to leave the office, even with the detectives there, and it almost seems like she has some kind of power over these men, and she goes, we don't want to do the paperwork right now. We have to get home to our son. And the men kind of go, whatever you want. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's just because she's a beautiful woman, woman or because right. she has some kind of... Something going on up there that she's controlling. Them. But
1: you notice the uh, the criminals in the previous episode reacted very similarly mm-hmm. to her as well, and her being that assertive and her really having in in within the parameters of this conversation, really having one up on the men that she's talking to. Mm-hmm.
2: It's like the confidence and the intimidation coming from her just <laughs> makes her really say, "Okay,
1: right." Like these <laughs> these criminals in the last episode, these detectives in this episode, they probably don't get talked to like that very exactly. often. Exactly. So it's just like, oh, oh, okay, all right, all right. and But what's cool is in both instances, you would think if you talk to gangsters like that or you talk to the police like that, they're going to throw something worse at you. And in both cases, they went, oh, well... Okay, then. Well, I guess that's how it's going to be.
0: And it's also, <laughs> Naomi Watts is one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood, but they downplay her appearances, I feel, in this. So I don't exactly think it's, oh, she's a sexy, beautiful woman, and she is, that's the reason all these guys are doing what she wants. I think there's definitely something else going on there besides her physical appearance that is making these men listen to her.
1: I wonder too, if you look at you look at the world around them, right, and how not put off everybody seems by how weird Dougie is. And it could be that Dougie is always bizarre. It could be the fact that a lot of people are not that observant or direct. I feel like it's somewhere in the middle. So I feel like certainly in this where wherever in this town, I mm-hmm. feel like it is it is the odd character, indeed, who can so incisively approach a topic, make their point. You know what I mean? And leave. Right.
2: She's leaving. And
1: they walk out of there, and I loved this
0: scene with the tiny assassin.
1: Yes, Ike the Spike. <laughs> it <laughs> did not take very long for him to find Dougie. It
0: was so scary. And he just lunges, you know, at Dougie with the gun. And... Dale slash Dougie goes into full hero mode. We don't, it's, when we watch him and Janie E, he doesn't seem to have a connection with her. He's just doing whatever he thinks he's supposed to do and she's helping him. But here, he literally just saved her.
1: But, but to me, right, and I read that as, yes, of course, he's saving her specifically, but it's not even about saving her because she's his slash Dougie's wife. It's about saving her because she is an innocent person now who is in danger. And all of a sudden, that training that is lying dormant somewhere inside this vessel that once was <laughs> Special Agent Dale Cooper suddenly rushes to the surface and he takes Ike the Spike down.
0: Yeah, he does, and I really liked the moment too because, like you said, we see a little bit of the OG Dale come out, and we've been waiting for that. We just got a taste. Hopefully, I'm sure there's a lot more to come, but he's coming to the surface.
1: Yeah, and then we get a return appearance of the uh, oh, once the, the once arm now tree brain the brain brain tree guy. Yeah, yeah
2: what is the connection with that? Why did that come up? And what does him he say? to I, squeeze the hand? Yes
0: squeeze the hand. And we see a bit of flesh on the gun. Like
1: it got seared into the butt of the gun. He
0: squeezed him that hard. Yeah. I had no idea what was exactly happening. I don't think that Dale slash Dougie is that powerful but whatever it is, it's like he hit a pressure point or some kind of magic uh magical sweet spot there and he was able to completely take him out
1: yeah there's definitely some some strange black lodge influence happening here and i of course it's not a coincidence that that comes up again as part of dale even if only temporary is reawakened absolutely and then of course poor poor ike the spike in in one week he broke his favorite weapon and also got chased off by a target that's probably not the best week he's had professionally yeah
0: probably not i mean i don't feel that bad for him he i mean he does kill people he's a bit of a monster but and he's fun and very terrifying to watch i'm very much enjoying the
2: casting of that specific character it's a lot of fun um one of our friends in the chat cameron says i think it's a nerve ending not a tree well okay so i
0: when i was younger my dad always claimed one of his best friends was used to be in the mafia. I don't think he actually was. I think his friend knew someone that knew someone that was somehow in the mafia, but I remember <laughs> okay. his friend told me, if when you shake someone's hand, if you ever want to take them down, you squeeze, uh, there's a pressure point in between your thumb this is true. and your pointer finger. Yes. And that, again, is what got set off in my brain. I was like, oh, okay. But
1: did they mention anything about literally searing your enemy's flesh into their weapons?
0: <laughs> no, but maybe he was leaving that out because I was young and innocent and he was corrupting me enough, you know, with talking about people in the
2: mafia.
1: Uh, but uh, I...
2: <laughs> Do you know who Mr. Strawberry is?
1: Tell us who Mr. Strawberry is. Maybe.
2: Sam. Hey, you know what? That also helps relieve headaches when you rub that area. I'm like your doing sp- it now. It hurts. Web. Huh. Yeah, it helps
0: us. So I'm going
1: to be doing this for the rest of the show, very casually, <laughs> pay no mind. Um, oh, no. But, uh, yeah, you, you just mentioned somebody in the in the chat saying it was a nerve ending, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Or, like, yeah, uh, uh, I D, feel that. D Thompson saying it's a neuron. I definitely think it is intentional that it looks like a brain with some nerve endings coming yeah. out of it, like a brain stem and some synapses firing. It's clearly, yeah. it's clearly electrified. I definitely do not disagree that we're meant to make that connection. But I still stand by what I said originally, which is I would have to believe that we are also meant to connect it to the sycamore trees that it so resembles.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think we're going to get callbacks to that a lot. But the
1: electricity, (laughs) of course electricity tends to be pretty hot if you grip it with your hands. Mm-hmm. That may have something to do with the burning of like the spikes flesh into that gun.
0: Yeah, it might. It might. I hope we find out soon. Alright, we have Beverly, Ashley Judd is back, and Ben Horn. Interesting scene. I, again, think that Lex is going to have some insight sure into it. No. <laughs> sure do Every t- time! <laughs> I think that you'll well, get my way
1: out of here. Well, so I definitely don't think it's a coincidence that we're in this scene and we find out that Ben Horn has, in fact, received that key in the mail, and it strikes him as odd because we switched to cards, he says, 20-some-odd years ago. And then he looks at the room number, and he says, well, this is the room where Dale Cooper was shot, and that was the season finale of season one taking us into Mm -hmm. season two. That was when uh, Josie Packard shot him, and then he first sees the giant. We know that the spirits that exist uh, in the lodge, in the woods, we know that they can apparently come and go from the Great Northern Hotel at will. that That's what I got. Is obvious, I would imagine this weird humming that they're hearing, which sounds like somebody running their finger on the top of a drinking glass. Yeah. I, of course, would assume it has something to do with that. But again, what specifically? Mom.
0: What about Hawk? Did you guys not get connections in that in that scene to Hawk just the native american uh, you know
2: oh, with, the, with the totem pole yeah, with and the, the, totem the, pole. the art hanging mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. Uh, i don't know i also started thinking about uh, audrey horn when she used to go in in between the walls and spy mm-hmm. do you remember an old show oh and i feel uh, we
0: skipped over a very important line that was towards the beginning of the episode audrey is in a coma, they said.
1: Uh, I thought they said she was in a coma at the time because of uh, what Doc Hayward refers to as th- and by the way, let's go back even a little further to that sweet lever on Frank's desk that makes a screen pop up <laughs> oh. for him to Skype on.
0: He doesn't know how to Skype, but he actually has a screen come up from his desk.
1: Well, I feel like too what's cool about Frank is like Frank Frank knows Skype and he knows technology. He's not uh, Lucy uh, Brennan. <laughs> Uh, formerly Lucy Moran, who is so put off by the idea of a cellular telephone that she literally flies back in her chair. He is, he's keeping current on technology, but I like the two, he's also, he's an older guy and I like that he types with with just the one finger on each hand.
2: Oh, we know people that do that. Happy Father's Day, Dad. It just
1: reminds me (laughs) of him so much. (laughs) (laughs) But, Yeah, but that is the sweetest sweetest lever that makes the secret Skype screen pop up. But he's talking to, and of Mm -hmm. course, Doc Hayward, uh, I do want to mention, because we didn't before, uh, Warren Frost, who of course filmed his scenes before passing away, the father of co-creator Mark Frost, who tells him that at the time that they were examining Cooper, and Cooper wandered off out of the hospital, he may have gone to visit audrey horn who was at the, time at the time in a coma is and maybe somebody in the chat if, if we missed something and the implication was she was still let us know but at the time she was in a coma following the bank explosion in yes. the season two finale
0: which makes sense you know we didn't know if she was alive or not right after that but i think that we all knew when the show started and the cast was released who was going to be back okay she's hopefully alive but i think you might be right it seems like a past tense kind of thing and I, well, we're de- I'm we're. i still pissed we didn't see her this episode. I'm a little butthurt about that. But we were hearing her being talked about, which is movement forward to yes. my quest for Audrey. Mm-hmm. Beverly, interesting scene. Again, something in the future that we're going to look back on and it'll make sense, I think. She goes home to her husband, who has is a that nurse. who he was? Yeah, Tom,
2: uh, I believe. Right? I,
1: I read it as husband. They, I don't think they made that explicit, but All I right. read it as husband maybe.
2: Seemed like it. Um, what do you guys think? I think think, Tom, the husband, I think Tom's the husband. I think
1: Beverly's a little mean, you guys.
2: Oh yeah. She seems so nice too, but she's not so nice. I feel like she's just stressed out because she's a caretaker and she has to do everything for him. She's had to go back to work and make the income. I think she's hiding something. That's what I think. Well, he, and I think he was concerned because she stayed late, you know, and he's like, where's my dinner woman?
1: Well, and to be fair, we also don't know. It does seem certainly that uh, Tom is in incredibly ill health. But we also don't know, for example, the the most memorable example of a chair-bound character in the Twin Peaks mythology Leo. is is right, is the mostly comatose Leo Johnson, who, if you only ever knew one version of Leo, you may feel genuinely bad for what Bobby <laughs> and Shelley did to him. But if you <laughs> right, know Leo right. Johnson, you know he had him. every bit of that coming to him. Oh. So we don't know, we don't have context here. Without context, there were a few things that Beverly said where I was like, yikes man, but we don't we don't know what their relationship has been before now.
0: True point. Very true point. I want to talk about the scene at the Bang Bang. Very Lynchian. Can't tell if he's messing with us or...
1: I was... He's gotta be messing with us, right? Because we're conditioned now when we see the roadhouse. Okay, we're about to end the episode. And yes. Homeboy is sweeping the floor to Green Onions for such a long time. I think
2: it was about a little over three minutes, honestly. If it
1: wasn't, it felt like it was. <laughs> Did and,
2: anybody time that?
1: And <laughs> right, so it felt, and we get, we see uh, Jean Michel at the bar again. We haven't seen him since I think the first episode of the season. Yeah. But I'm watching this dude sweep, and I'm just going like, "All right, any second now, credits are going to start. Where? Here they come. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, phone's ringing. Oh, we're we're in a scene now, and yeah. then we cut away, and I was like, "Oh, that's different."
0: And, yeah, he's talking about those uh, straight-A whores and that they were 15. Again, a very Lynchian theme, as we discussed earlier. And also,
1: like, not for nothing, the the Renault's gonna Renault, I guess. The family business doesn't seem to have changed a whole lot in 26 years.
0: Disgusting. But I hope that we get... Uh, I mean, I wish the little assassin would have came after them <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I mean, as far to the best of our knowledge uh, that we have seen Jean Michel may very well be the last Renault standing. We know that yes, the Renault family members we've been introduced to in the past mm-hmm. on Twin Peaks were some of the most unsavory characters we met. Each of them to a person met a very sticky end. Yeah. So f- f- fingers crossed that maybe we can we can shuffle this dude off somewhere. <gasps> Someone be
2: nice. Oh gosh! Someone said Richard Horn is the child of Audrey and Evil Coop. That so... that's kind of crazy. So
1: I was going to save that for, for predictions, but as soon oh. as as soon as. <laughs> Too late. As soon as Doc Hayward said that, my brain went to that exceptionally mm. dark, dark place. I love it, and it ties into what we were theorizing about what may have happened between Dark Cooper and Diane all those years ago. Because, and although I, I don't even, yes, we're we're talking about a show. It's a it's a it's a fiction. I don't want to talk about these things lightly because this is very heavy subject matter. But we do know once Bob has a hold on you. Rape does seem to be part of that package.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's very upsetting, uh, firewalk with me, just those scenes alone. On that note, let's get into some very quick predictions for next week, guys.
1: And now you're after Buzz TV
0: all right so you'll start us off lex we think that generally you know we know perhaps who is the father of audrey yes child. so that was
1: that was going to be my one and then my other one my assumption is we got this sequence after the attack after dougie becomes dale again for a brief shining moment fights off like the spike he runs away reverts back to his dougie state the police show up and we get all of these bits of business with witness interviews and
2: i, I was gonna say the same thing <laughs> so
1: obviously something like an attack like that in front of a in a in front of a building in a public space that's gonna draw press as mm-hmm. well if it doesn't make national news it sure as heck gonna make the local news i would not be shocked if this is part of how the fbi finds this version of dale
2: touche love it anything else to add lisa i, I was thinking the same thing that's crazy Yeah,
0: I think that we are going to continue to see the good actual Dale come out more and more and that those press interviews are going to come into play. And I think that we'll figure out more about Diane and exactly what happened there.
1: She says that she and Gordon will have a talk.
0: Oh, yeah. And I want to see that talk. So, guys, thank you so, so much for tuning in. We love hearing your feedback. Rate, review, subscribe, comment Really like your theories and continue to help us, you know, figure out what's going on. One last time, where can everyone find you guys on social media?
1: I am all over social media at The Lex Michael.
0: And I'm everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee. And you guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at samdavidsonentertainment.com and on Twitter and Instagram at samd43. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.